What's up, what's up, what's up? I'm Brandman Sean. And I'm Corey. And we are back with another episode of No Labels Necessary Podcast. You can catch us every Tuesday and Thursday on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you stream your podcast here at the intersection of creativity and currency. And as you guys know, we love to speak with y'all about people who represent the No Labels Necessary way of building in this industry, building their careers. And today we have something, somebody really special She's a vocal coach. I would say one of the most leading vocal coaches on social media, over 900,000 followers on TikTok, where you're like probably over 200,000 or something like that on Instagram. She's a person that people listen to. And fortunately, today we're going to get to listen to her as well. What is up, Lyra Chapman? Hey, hey, thank you guys for having me on. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, first and foremost, I want to, like, you're a vocal coach. You help artists become better at singing every day. I want to know, how do you look at the idea of becoming better at singing? Myself? Yes. Like from, And when I say that, I mean, like, can somebody who can't sing at all become somebody who can sing? Because I know one person who, who believes that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, so it depends. Uh, yes and no. The the short-ish answer is if you're tone deaf, like if you cannot tell if somebody is singing on or off pitch, then it's going to get really difficult for me to be able to help you to, to sing, right? If you have no way of telling if you're singing the right notes or not. If you can tell, and if you can tell with other people as well, like you go to a concert and someone misses a note, you're like, that wasn't the right note, and you can identify that, then yes, you can learn how to sing because your voice consists of muscles. And all you need to do is you need to train those muscles. Now, what we also need to look at besides just muscle training, like, you know, helping you expand your range, belt higher, riff faster, like all these technical things that you can do with your voice, Besides that, we also need to look at musicality and artistry. And that is something a lot of people kind of forget about, unfortunately, when it comes to vocal training. And so, you know, like someone who literally could not sing at all, they do some voice lessons and now they can sing, but it doesn't sound that great. Like they're hitting all the right notes, their tone is decent, but it just kind of sounds, you know, robotic and not that artsy and natural it doesn't sound very natural mm. um then that means they didn't really look at musicality and artistry and that's definitely something that can be learned you know if you uh look at a lot of artists out there it, it came to them naturally but it's absolutely something that can be learned got you because i do know a very big artists like still take like vocal training and things like that like from the beyonce's to whoever right like and why would somebody like that do vocal training, by the way? If you're already somebody who can sing, you're already famous for singing, why would you take vocal training at that point? That's a great question. So, you know, I always compare singing to sports, you know, like your favorite football players or basketball players or any kind of sports people. Do they still hit the gym? Do they still have a trainer, even though they're already LeBron James kind of, <laughs> you know, super, um, superstar, super famous. Yes, they do because they need to stay in shape. If you stop training, you get out of shape. It's the same thing with the voice. Like I mentioned, it's muscles that you need to train. So our kind of training just happens to be focused on 
mostly right here. Of course, we support from down here and, you know, like from the core and all that stuff. But, you know, our training is very um, focused, very specialized in one area. Uh, and if you're playing basketball, sure, you need to like learn how to um, shoot hoops, but also, you know, endurance and all that other stuff as well. So it's just a matter of staying in shape. And at the end of the day, too, you know, if you're really in it because you love it, you want to be the best you can possibly be. You want to get better and better and better and better and better. And the way to do that is by continuing to train. Mm. Mm. So is that like just making it easier to do certain notes or, or like even, or maybe being able to change notes and octaves more quickly is, is, or maybe have more endurance? So it's all of those things. Absolutely. It's endurance. It's um, like flexibility, meaning like, you know, you can uh, stretch your range, you can go higher, you can go lower and you can go faster. You know, like in R&B, there's a lot of riffing, for example. So really honing in on those riffs and being able to get them out really clean, but also super fast is awesome. That's something like a uh, type of content that does really well on social media right now. Like if you can riff for days and you go super fast, right? That's flexibility, uh, endurance, like we talked about, and just overall strength, you know, like how, um, how much can you give us at once? Not necessarily volume, but more like intensity, like how, how strong can your voice sound? And then also, the, the, uh, the flip side of that too, like how weak, you know, like with a breathy voice, like Billie Eilish type of singing, that takes a lot of strength as well, just a different type of strength. Um, and just making singing feel as effortless as possible so that you can go for as long as possible. Mm. Mm. So, so what percentage would you say, I guess, of being a good singer comes from, what am I trying to ask? What percentage would you say is the the natural voice that we're that we're born with versus what percentage being like just having the technical aspect down oh i love this question because this is something a lot of people get wrong and it's something i got wrong myself as well i call this nature versus nurture right nature is the voice that you were born with the talent that you were born with your god-given talent whatever it is you want to call it and nurture is the things that you learned how to do through training. A lot of times with singers, they get very caught up in the nurture part, in the training part. And so they really focus on becoming the best singer they possibly can be. So they, they work on their range, they belt higher, they riff faster, all of these different things. They kind of forget about their natural talent. And if you neglect your natural talent, you will um almost always <laughs> not like see the full potential of your voice you know like we all have our strengths and our weaknesses even within singing like for example with me i could not sing high notes at all before i started vocal training and so of course you know i was listening to beyonce and christina aguilera and demi lovato and i was like okay i want to be able to go higher 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 like these singers so that's all i ever worked on i completely neglected my low notes and the feedback that i always got on my singing was like oh yeah you have a really great voice but that was it. Nothing ever happened. Like nothing ever came from that. I was just a great singer, but not anything beyond that. Like I didn't get uh, signed to a manager or heard my songs on the radio or um, did magazine interviews and Spotify playlists and all of that until I realized that I neglected my natural strengths, my low notes. Once I 
um, you know, started singing lower again and really highlighted that area of my voice, that's when doors started to open up for me. So it, it like if we look at percentages, that depends on what kind of singers you're looking at. If you're looking at successful singers, they are using both their strengths, like their, their nature and their nurture, right? The natural strengths that they have and they combine it with training. If you're looking at more hobby singers and they haven't quite made that breakthrough yet, they're probably too focused on the training part and not the natural um, talent part. We all have natural talent. You just need to figure out where it is and what it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I, I like the fact you, you brought up musicality, right? Because that makes me think, uh, we've talked before about how, let's say like an R&B singer, their audience expects a certain level of vocal performance when they hear their songs versus let's say like a, I don't know, like a, a punk rock artist. Like a punk rock artist isn't expecting their favorite band to sound like Beyonce or anything like that, right? So when you're training these different uh, types of artists, are you training them specifically around what makes sense for like their genre and like the, the type of space they're going into? Is it something where, you know, you run them through these exercises that you know work and then you, you let them figure out how it makes sense for their genre? Well, a little bit of both. So very first thing that I always do is try to identify what their strengths are. And, you know, the, I mean, we have, we have students literally from all kind of like skill levels and, um, you know, how far ahead, like how far advanced they are in their career already. We have some people that are like, oh, I really like, I just want to start. Like, I have no no idea what I need to do. I, I just know I have this dream. Help me figure it out. And we have others that are already, you know, signed to a label. And so we have kind of have everything a little bit. Um, but usually, no matter where they are at in their journey, I start out like identifying what their strengths are and then really try and hone in on that and then guide them uh, in their like in their genre a lot of students don't know what genre they want to do um, but the ones that do know i help them guide uh within that genre and or like i guide them within that genre and if they don't know what they want to do i make some suggestions um you know based on what their natural voice sounds like what would be a good fit and also what they listen to right like i ask them like what kind of songs do you listen to who do you really like and usually you get kind of get um a good feel for what they really like we get a lot of singers that are like oh, i like everything and i'm like no you don't <laughs> we just need to figure out what it is you like and then you know <laughs> help you guide on uh, help guide you on that i love that you said that because i just say that to people all the time everybody loves to say they like everything it's like the coolest thing in the world to say that now it's like no you don't, <laughs> <laughs> you, really don't. you can like a lot of different things but it's that still doesn't mean you like everything and also you always have preferences like there's always a certain genre a certain artist a certain style a certain something that you keep coming back to we just need to figure out what that is right right do you think there's value in vocal training for rappers not the rappers that are singing by the way but just rappers uh yes but like really specialized vocal training so there's this guy um well, he's more like rap training, but uh, are you familiar with Mespo Q? No. Mm. Okay, so you got to check him out on Instagram or TikTok. Um, he like teaches people how to rap like with different flows and 
Oh my God. It's like, it's so good. He's so good. It's insane. But he, he explains it all like uh, with music theory. So like he can give the different flows and everything like different names so that people can understand the differences and it's super good. Anyways, you need to check him out. So, you know, he trains rappers for that, like, spe like super specific, just rap, like no singing whatsoever. Uh, it, when it comes to like more traditional vocal training and not like rap specific, I still think it can be beneficial uh, to work on overall vocal strength, like really building the muscles so that you, you know, have strong vocals and you can um, uh, like you have a lot of stamina and, you know, your speaking voice and your singing voice is the same voice. And so rap is just spoken words, right? So it's um, your, your, your overall vocal strength needs to be there, whether you're speaking, singing, rapping, doesn't matter. So for that, it's definitely great. But then also for breathing, right? In rap, we have some really insanely long phrases. So we need to make sure that your lung capacity is there and also uh, your breath control. Like how much breath are you releasing all at once so that you can get through really long um, phrases without running out? What's an exercise that increases my lung capacity? Oh, Lord. Okay. <laughs> So in contemporary singing, which is what I specialize in, that's anything from pop, rock, country, soul, R&B, all of that jazz. Um, well, not jazz, actually. Jazz is jazz. That's not contemporary. <laughs> uh, but all those contemporary genres, we don't necessarily need to work on lung capacity. There's no need for it. We need to learn more about, again, like breath control, how much breath are we releasing at once. When it comes to more classical singing, like opera styles, a little bit of musical theater we do need to work on uh, lung capacity and i do have some musical theater training so i did learn lung capacity exercises but uh one that you can do is um you basically like you take one of your legs and you put the ankle on your knee on the other leg's knee uh and so you you basically like lean over your legs yes do it when the yeah yeah there you go so like, lean forward lean over your legs uh -huh. yes and now you want to breathe in as much air as you can and then you hold for about five to seven seconds and then you breathe in more so you 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 breathe in as much as you think you can you hold your lungs will relax and then there's a little bit more space that you're creating and so you take in another like little like a lo another little zip and then you hold another little sip and you hold another little sip and you hold and you repeat that for like four to five times and then you exhale interesting it's so simple. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a regular like trainer workout. I thought you were going to like talk about some type of singing or something. That's just literally just breathing. No, lung capacity has nothing to do with singing because that's your inhalation, right? Like we sing and speak on our exhalation, not our inhalation. Lung capacity has to do with inhalation. Now, breath control, that's exhalation. And that oh. has to do more with singing than inhalation. So what's a breath control exercise? Oh my God, there's so many, there's so many. Okay, well, let me pick one. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can really start with just a simple SOVT sound. SOVT stands for semi-occluded vocal tract. Uh, one of the most well-known uh, SOVT exercises is a lip trill or a lip buzz. Um, you can also hold your cheeks like this to make it easier um, to, 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 bu to buzz your lips. If that's difficult, you can do a z, like a z, like zebra, or a v, v, v like vents. 
right? So uh, basically what you want to do is you want to exhale for as long as you can on any one of these sounds. So like, a, and I can go on forever, but you know, like you just hold this for as long as you possibly can. And you time yourself with your phone and you want to be able to increase that number as much as you can. Try out different pitches as well. So if I go, up there or or that's going to use a whole lot more breath than if I'm down here. I can go much longer. I can go for longer if I'm in lower notes than I can uh, in higher notes. And that's totally normal. Interesting. Some of this is like a flashback to um, my music teacher when I was in like fifth, sixth grade. She would have us do stuff like that. I had no idea. I just thought she was weird. Now, <laughs> now I'm like making the connection. I, I, did, I really did all this time. I was like, yeah, she used to, when we first started, we would always do, do, do everything that you just did. Well, not everything, but like a lot of that type of stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, okay. It makes sense. It makes sense. So, and then you have, it's, it's good to hear because uh, a lot of our audience is like rappers as well. And they one to know that there are some techniques they can use if they want to to increase breath control the way you hit all these bars and lines because there's there are those rappers that like tie a lot of things together in one line and I hear certain songs especially the artists earlier on where it's like I hear the words you're saying are cool but it sounds like you're out of breath or like you're trying really hard so it's it's nice to know. A lot of it goes into phrasing then as well. And phrasing is something that we look at in all different genres, uh, especially, you know, like if you're writing your own music, like, do we need to make this phrase that insanely long? Or like, could we be smarter about how or like not smarter, but maybe more efficient about how we are writing uh, this specific verse or this like these three phrases like do we need to connect all these three phrases or can we write it a little bit differently so that you're not making your life so hard right like a lot of times we we want to like we think like oh if i do it this way it'll be really impressive and people are gonna love it and it just goes right over people's heads, right? Like this is your thing and you love this and this is great and you know a lot about it, but your audience most likely will not. So what you think is really cool and awesome and super impressive, your audience is not gonna care about that. What they care about is the end result. What does it sound like at the end? Are you sounding awesome or are you sounding like you're gonna run out of breath here any minute, right? So we need to be smart about or efficient about how we use our instrument. Got you, got you. I like that, I like that. So back to being someone who can't sing at all mm -hmm. and then learning how to sing, that part int intrigues me the most just because I there's a artist that I know and he sounds pretty good and he, he swears to me that he could not sing at all. He learned how to sing. He's like, my brother and sister, they are all natural singers, but I had to learn how to sing. And he does sound pretty good. Um, how do you identify? He, he, I'm thinking based on what you said as well that he's probably focused on his like more natural side, talent side, and he probably gained technique within that realm. How do you recognize what you have a natural voice for? 
Oh, that's a great question. So I, there's a couple different things. You definitely want to look at what you could do before you had any sort of vocal training, right? Like again, with me, for example, I could not sing high notes, like, you know, head voice, like, oh, that's your chest voice. And, oh, that's your head voice. And it's much lighter and higher, right? It's kind of like Mickey Mouse, oh, right? So, uh, I could not access my head voice at all. Like I didn't even know that that was a thing. So I could only sing in my chest voice and I could go pretty darn low. So that's a pretty good indicator that that's what my natural strength is based on, you know, what could I do before I had any sort of vocal training? That's one way to identify what your natural strengths are. Uh, another one is feedback from your audience, right? Like sing something for them. And if you get the same kind of feedback, like, oh man, your mixed voice sounds awesome. Or your vibrato is super cool. Like Post Malone, for example, has a vibrato that really stands out to me. Super fast, super cool. So, you know, like ask them what stands out to you about my voice? Is there a certain area of my voice, a certain quality of my voice, right? Like it doesn't need to be uh, low notes or high notes or medium notes or how fast you can, like it can be a certain quality like oh yeah you have really bright overtones like your voice sounds really bright and that really stands out to me or um you have a shit ton of twang <laughs> in your voice or how fast your vibrato is anything really like what stands out to your audience and then if you get the same feedback over and over and over again that's a pretty good indicator that that's like that's um that's the thing that makes you special. That's the thing that makes you stand out from everybody else, which is uh, usually what your natural strengths are. And also in singing, I do want to mention this, like perfect is boring. Like if you listen to songs on the radio right now or like Spotify playlist, whatever, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't know if people still listen to the radio, but you know, like songs that are super popular right now, there's so many imperfections in these songs. Perfect is super boring. Like even with Bob Dylan, like Bob Dylan, love him, but like he can't sing, right? Ed really? Sheeran is someone that really needed to train his voice as well. And he talks about it all the time. There's so many really great singers out there, quote unquote singers out there that can't sing, but they're great. They're super successful because they know what they do really well. And if they try to do anything else, it's not going to sound good. Dang, I wouldn't have imagined that with Ed Sheeran because I mean, everything I hear. Oh, he talks about it all the time. Like he even like if you just Google like Ed Sheeran, um, uh, like childhood singing clips or something like that, he has like he was playing clips from his childhood um, on like late night TV and it's super bad. <laughs> it's, it's really, really bad. And he's like, yeah, I get so upset when people are like, oh yeah, like you can just do this. And I'm so jealous that you can just do this. He's like, no, I had to work really hard for this. And yeah, that's, that's what it's like for, for most people. Some people start down here, others start, start a little bit higher, but everyone needs to work to get to that professional level. So how long does it take to become a, a good singer? Like if I, I came to you complete ground zero, maybe I have a decent natural voice, a, a willing to learn the technical, like how long would it realistically take me to become like a, a, a good singer? That's a great question. And it's a pretty impossible question for me to answer, but I'm going to try my best anyways, because there's so many factors that I can't control. First of all, what's your starting point, right? Like if you feel like, oh, I'm starting at ground zero, 
that might not be ground zero for somebody else. They might go down into the basement, <laughs> right? Like it really, it depends on where are you starting? And then how much are you practicing? That is also something I don't have any control over, right? Like if you want to get into shape, you meet with a personal trainer once a week and the other times you hit the gym on your own. It's the same thing with um, voice lessons. You do a private one-on-one -on -one session once a week, but you still need to practice every day, five times a week, something like that, um, to see progress. And the more you practice, the faster you're going to get better, but don't overdo it. Okay. You can absolutely overdo it. I've, I've seen people that practice like three hours a day. I'm like, oh dear Lord, please don't do that. 30, 45, max 60 minutes is plenty, especially when you're just starting out. Don't do more than 30 minutes because it's muscle training. We don't want to overdo it and really hurt your muscles. But anyways, to answer your question, uh, I always say like we need like bare minimum six months to, to get to a decent uh, decent level. But for you, like if you're really starting a, you know, like you can match pitch, you can, you can carry a tune. Um, it's probably going to take like a year, a year and a half, two years, something like that to get to a level where we're like, okay, now go and perform and um, record songs and do all that other stuff. Just really depends on where you're starting and how much you're practicing and you know how how fast of a learner you are because we just don't all learn at the same speed right mm. and i know sean asked about um like rappers being able to take advantage of vocal lessons but do you have like any non-music clients you know like for example i know these these guys with a really cool podcast you know it comes out every every tuesday and thursday and sometimes <laughs> i feel like they could benefit from maybe strengthening their voice or, or getting better vocal coaching. Like, are you starting to see these same practices like leak over into other areas of entertainment or, or content creation and things like that? Yeah, or absolutely. Benefit there, I guess. Sorry, go ahead. So, or just see benefit there for those types of entertainers. Yeah. So like I said, your speaking voice and your singing voice are the same voice. So the way you treat your speaking voice is going to affect your singing voice and vi uh, vice versa as well. So if you're not like, I, I have no desire to sing, I'm just a really cool podcast host and just an awesome person <laughs> all around and I talk a lot and I need to take care of my instrument. Yeah, absolutely. But I don't recommend training with a voice teacher. I recommend training with a speech language pathologist, an SLP. They're specialized in speaking voices and not necessarily the singing part of it. So when I, I actually had um, some vocal issues a couple of years ago and I got those from the way I was speaking, not the way I was singing. And I was heavily trained in singing and I know what I'm doing when I sing. Uh, but I kind of neglected how I like neglected all my technique and everything when I was speaking. And so I started to develop vocal issues just, um, you know, from from speaking the wrong way. And I know I am not the only uh, vocal coach that has had that issue. So if you don't have any desires to, you know, train your singing voice, train with an SLP, a speech language, speech language pathologist um, and do some uh, voice therapy for for your speaking voice you're gonna get more out of that than training with um, a vocal coach it's yeah. just it's the same instrument but it's it's a different way of using it so it's like piano right like you can classically train and learn how to play mozart and all that good stuff or you can um learn jazz piano same instrument 
but very different way of using and playing the instrument. It's kind of the same with the speaking voice and singing voice or classical singing versus contemporary singing, also very different. Got you, got you. Can, can you speak more about protecting your voice? Like I, I know you mentioned sometimes you see people overtrained and um, I'm, I'm sure as a singer, like you, you've had times where you've, you've damaged your voice or, or, you know, or hurt it in some way. So can you talk more about like, how do you protect your, your voice as a singer? How do you make sure that you're not overextending yourself on, on that side? Yeah, absolutely. So the number one thing is you need to stop focusing on what you sound like and start focusing on what singing feels like. If it feels good, you're going to sound amazing. If it doesn't feel good, you're not going to sound as good as you could. And in the long term, you will hurt your voice. It might not be in the next six months. It might be in the next six years, but it's going to happen if you're constantly abusing your voice. So there's uh, abuse, misuse and overuse uh, of the voice lead to vocal injuries. All right. So overuse is easy. Like you're just doing too much. Like I said, don't practice three hours a day. That is too much. Do you go to the gym three hours a day? No, you don't. You go for an hour and that's it. Same thing, right? You're training muscles. It takes time. So don't overuse your voice. The same thing goes for, you know, if you're speaking a lot, if you're speaking all day and then you have a gig at night and then you're partying that night too, your voice is going to be shot the next day because you just did too much. Even if you used all the right techniques. Technique is a great way to not um, misuse your voice, right? To use it in the right way. But if you're still overusing it, there's um, there's little we can do. So I call this like spending vocal dollars. You only have so many vocal dollars you can spend a day. Make sure you use them wisely. Don't overspend. Don't go into debt. It's going to catch up with you eventually. Uh, and then, like I said, vocal technique helps you to not um, misuse or abuse your your voice, right? So if it doesn't feel good, you're misusing your voice. And this is the mistake that I made. I was just like pushing through a lot. Even like when I just started out as a singer singing stuff, I was just pushing through, like I was squeezing out notes <laughs> and it sounded okay, right? Like it didn't sound bad by any means, but I was really working a lot to get those notes out. And I had to retrain my voice a little bit so that it felt much more effortless. And then also uh, it sounded a whole lot better eventually as well, once singing became more effortless. So don't use your voice too much. Don't go into debt with your vocal dollars and work on your vocal technique so you're, uh, you feel good when you sing. The biggest, like the, the first and most important thing that I always ask singers that are new to my studio is I ask them, okay, what did that feel like on, a, on an effort level? Um, like scale one to 10, how much effort did it take you to sing this chorus or this verse or this phrase or this note or whatever it is that we were working on? Uh, on a scale of one to 10, how much effort did it take you? And if that number is seven or higher or even six and higher, I'm like, that's too much effort. Let's retrain, let's workshop this song a little uh, or this note a little bit and see if we can make this at all like that effort level comes down a little bit mm -hmm. got you the, yeah the vocal dollars thing is, is interesting it, it's making me think about um i had this this friend that went on tour and his manager made a rule for him where he couldn't talk between <laughs> certain hours of the day yeah. like he was like literally like you shut up we'll, we text 
that's the most you can do. You can't talk. And I thought it was weird. I'm like, man, like he can't like just come in and say what's up. But to your point, it's like, no, we're trying to conserve those vocal dollars for when you actually need them to stage, the meet and greets, the, the things like that. Yeah, that makes sense. And the biggest thing is like, what do you do after the gig? Yeah. Right. Like a lot of people go out and party. I'm like, that's great and all, but if you have a gig the next day, good luck. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. You know, like if you're if you're 18, sure, right? Like your body will, um, like it. What's the word? Like regenerate? Is that bounce back? We'll just leave it at that. Like bounce back, but regenerate. I, yeah. 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 Right. Like it can absorb a lot, and you, you'll you'll get you'll you'll be fine. But if you're in your 30s and older, good luck. Like your body's not going to be able to keep up with that. That's crazy because you hear that type of stuff with like regular working out and things like that. But I didn't think about that for just the vocal cords as well. It's like, yeah, you, like the young people had the advantage yeah, there too. The vocal cords got older too, man. That's, that's interesting. <laughs> so I'm thinking Beyonce's in Atlanta right now on her three-day tour. So after that's her crazy. shows, she must be like pretty much mute or something. Probably, yeah. Interesting, interesting. Hopefully. So, for a so, couple days, not forever, but for a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So even even in, in thinking about that, is there is there a difference for vocal training for um, let's say like studio and song performances versus doing it on tour and doing it on stage? Is it essentially like the I guess training the same muscles using the same techniques? Or is there a difference in thinking um, when you're training an artist for those situations? Oh, it's very different when we prepare someone for the studio versus for live shows, right? So for live shows, we really focus on making the songs as effortless as we possibly can so that we can increase your stamina and your longevity, right? Because you have, what, an hour and a half, two hours set? Or, I mean, you know, maybe you only have a 30-minute set, but no matter what your set is, if you're doing it night after night after night, we need to make sure that, you know, <laughs> singing is as effortless as it can be so that you can go for as long as you possibly can. Now, if we go to the studio, that's not necessarily the case. In the studio, we wanna make sure that we can really bring in all the rawness and all the emotion we possibly can, even if it means we might not necessarily be singing all the notes perfectly, like super technically correct, <laughs> right? Like it's more important that the point comes across than the technique being perfect. Now, I'm not saying that technique will keep you from delivering a raw performance. Not at all. Technique helps you to do that more easily, but it's we're still human at the end of the day and not everything comes out perfectly, like when it comes to technique, right? But I will always pick the take that is way more raw and just super emotional and sounding absolutely amazing, even if it's not 100% perfect, than the take that is 100% perfect. So we focus more on um, on that and not necessarily longevity. I hope that that makes sense. It, it does make sense. But, but it makes me want, and I've thought this for a while, like, how do you even train someone or, or coach someone through... Um, like emotion in their voice like what what does that look like right so if you you meet this the singer they have a great singing voice but i don't know they're singing a sad song and they don't sound sad enough or they're singing a party song and they don't sound like they're having enough fun like how do you even begin to coach someone through that that process ah this is where i'm so glad i went to acting school <laughs> So I, uh, before I went to the Berklee College of Music in Boston, I went to uh, a 
musical theater school and acting for film and TV in New York City. And it's where I learned that I am not a musical theater person at all. I do not ever want to be a musical theater performer. This is not my thing. And so I was like, well, I wasted two years of my life on this. And I'm like, no, 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 Lara, you learned a lot. You just also learned that you don't want to do musical theater. But this is where acting comes in. So and acting doesn't mean like you pretend something. No, 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 no. Good acting is all about making it as real to you as possible. So if they don't have like if the singer doesn't have any emotion in their singing, it's because they're not connected to themselves, right? Like they understand the lyrics most likely, right? They might even know what the song is about, but it doesn't necessarily mean anything to them. So we we need to figure out, OK, how can we make the song real to you? How can we bring your own stories, your life experiences into the song? And then we start, you know, with um, where are you? What are you wearing? Who are you with? What's going on? It's just like all these different questions that we ask the students so that they can make a scenario in their heads, make it feel as real as possible. And uh, if we succeed with that, you know, after some trial and error, then that's where the emotion starts coming in. And it's the same with happy emotions too, not just sad stuff, like all across the different uh, emotions that people can feel. You need to have a story behind it and that story needs to be yours and it needs to feel real to you so that you can then, you know, show those emotions in your singing, tell a story really effectively and reach your audience through that as well. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Makes sense. You know, you mentioned earlier the different types of voices or different. All right. Well, I'll say it this way. When I asked you about how do you identify where your natural voice is, you went through all these different terminologies, right? That might be unfamiliar with people, right? It's good because it's one thing to say, oh, yeah, your vibrato is real good when you know what vibrato is, right? Or your, your mixed voice. So it's like, I might not might not know any of that stuff. Do you have like a test or something, or if, or if, does anybody have that? I feel like someone should. Where it's like, hey, try to sing this way. If, if this is easy, that means your mixed voice is natural. Try to sing this way. This means you have a vibrato. Like, is there anything out there like that? That is a great question. I have no clue um, because like oh, there's there's just so many layers to the voice, mm -hmm. and so. And what, what there is, is like um, voice type quizzes or tests. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. So, um, you know, like bass, baritone, tenor, alto, mezzo, and soprano. Those are the six uh, contemporary voice types. There's way more voice types than that in classical singing, but those are the ones that we use in, in contemporary music. So there are, you know, tests and apps and things like that where you can figure out, okay, what type of voice do I have? Is that useful? Mm, not really. <laughs> it depends on what you're trying to do. Um, but I don't I don't really think those are very helpful at all. Uh, it's, it's more about, you know, understanding your strengths rather than what voice type you are. Sometimes they overlap, but not always. So it can be a little bit tricky. But I don't I don't think they're like you you know, it's just every what I said it sounds like you need to create that apparently but I'm like I'm trying to figure out how would I do that every voice is so different yeah so I'm like 
without like hearing you do something, I don't know how I would help you with that. I mean, that's what we do in a, in a private session, but you know, just have like, um, you know, like those Buzzfeed quizzes, like what type of French pastry are you? <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, creating something like that for for singers to be like, oh, yeah, you have an awesome vibrato. That's what you should focus on. Like, how how would I figure that? I mean, like with AI, you never know. That's probably around the corner. But I don't know. Yeah. It's a good question, though. <laughs> so there's like nothing we could have Sean do right now to what we could figure out what his singing voice is. There's nothing we could make him do right now. Nothing at all, apparently. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Oh, absolutely. Again, like if we're doing it in a in a one on one type of or like even a group thing, like yeah. if I can hear you and I can give you feedback, absolutely. But if I don't hear you, I don't know like how a software would spit out an answer, you know? <laughs> okay. So, Sean, you ready? You ready to do some singing? I'm, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. <laughs> I'm interested to hear what you asked me to do, but I can't say I, I would comply after you asked me. <laughs> so, I mean, this is what we do in a trial session. So a trial session is just that very first session that you set up with me. It's a private one-on-one -on -one Zoom call. And, you know, first we, we talk a little bit about who you are, your experience with singing, your goals with singing, um, and what type of music you like, and what you feel like you already do well, what you feel like you, you need to work on some more. I want to hear it in your words so that I know what you know what you think is going on sometimes that matches with with what actually is going on sometimes it doesn't but that doesn't really matter i just want to hear it in, in your words and then in that trial session what we do is uh sing a song i skip over you know like those traditional exercises like ave maria ave maria i skip all of that in that first session because i want to hear your voice in songs because you're interested in singing songs right not exercises i'm not saying exercises are useless they're very 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 helpful but if i don't know what your voice needs how do i know what exercise we're going to work on i don't so that's why we work on a song first this can be any song you like um, I usually ask them to sing something they, they're pretty comfortable with rather than like, oh yeah, I want to sing this Mariah Carey song. And I'm like, cool. How about no? <laughs> like, how about we start with something a little bit easier to begin with? But yeah, so we just, we work on a song, you sing a verse and a chorus of that. And then I get a pretty good feeling of where you are, where you are at. And then we workshop the song together so that I can see how does your voice react to the different techniques that we are applying what works, what doesn't work for you. And um, I see how fast you learn and things like that. And so, you know, I guess to answer the previous question you had, you know, like how, how can we figure out what, what we should do, what type of voice we have? It's, it's, a, it's a private session where I, can, where I can give you feedback, but software, I don't know what would happen, but that's what I would ask of you. Sing a song, like a verse and a chorus gotcha. or something you like, something you're comfortable with. Okay, all right. So that's the answer to the question, Jacory. You know, I, I, I won't be singing. <laughs> well, so let's do this. Obviously, this is the No Labels Necessary podcast. Um, we like to ask people this one last question, um, and it doesn't have to be a music way of looking at this this question. Um, what do you think when you hear the terms "No Labels Necessary"? Oh my gosh. Well, this can go in so many directions. Like for me, if I just look at artists, it means like you don't like these days anymore, you don't need a team of people behind you to to follow 
your your desires, your dreams, your goals of creating a music career, it's all in your hands. Is it easier if you have a team? Yeah, sure. But do you need it? No, you don't. You don't need a label or a manager or a booking agent or anything to start with like building a career in music. If you have a computer, you have a microphone, you can make your own music, you can record your own music, you can upload your own music to streaming platforms, you can reach out to uh, playlisters, you can reach out to magazines and blogs and radio stations and venues and everything. You can do everything yourself. You just need to have the, the knowledge of how to do that, how to go about it. Um, and so for me, it's it's almost like no labels necessarily not necessary, but coaches would be a good way to go. <laughs> you just kind of be like, here, let, let us guide you on this journey. You don't need someone to do stuff for you, but let us help you figure out how to do it together with you so that you can eventually do it on your own. And if you, if everything works out, then you can work with managers, labels, booking agents, whatever, right? Like eventually you get to that point. But it's all in your hands, man. Love it. Can't argue with that one. Yeah, I like that. All right. While we're on the subject, before we get you out of here, Laura, um, I know you teach people on one-on-one, but you're coming out with a course as well. Where can they check that out? Yeah, absolutely. So we have a course that is going to help people sing more effortlessly. Singing more effortlessly means your range expands. You can riff faster. Your stamina improves. That's a big one we talked about today, right? So if you're someone who's constantly losing their voice or getting tired when singing, you need to check out this course. Just hit us up on Instagram at Vox Tape Studios or check out our website, voxtapestudios.com. But we'll be able to send you in the right direction. The link is in the bio to sign up for the course as well. But yeah, we'd love to we'd love to work with you one way or another, either online courses or one-on-one. I appreciate you being on. Uh, we'll put all the information on how to follow or get in contact with Laura below the video. Um, and I'm Brand Man Sean. I'm Corey. We out. Peace.